0: Can I interest you in everything all of the time? No, but really not that song, but could I interest you in everything? Maybe all at the time? Well, in the 90s, this was basically Craigslist's offer to the emerging world of the internet. You wanna hop in the back of a stranger's pickup truck as an alternative to Uber? Craigslist got you. You wanna buy a mean fish named Kevin and his murderous brother, Neil? Craigslist got that too. Maybe a vintage wedding dress, free almonds, two dozen chinchillas, 20 tins of holiday popcorn, a human-sized hamster wheel, or a fox that some advertiser thinks is a dog. Well, you already know what I'm going to say. Yep, Craigslist got you. In fact, even to this day, their site hasn't changed all that much. Their website still looks simple, like it's from the early days of the internet, and it's got this bare bones sort of aesthetic. Not that this is a bad thing, For Craigslist, it's quite the opposite. People like that the website is stable, never changing, and minimal. Finding things is supremely easy and their loyal customers know exactly what they're getting every time they return. Anonymity is also a plus for people. Unlike other online competitors, namely Facebook Marketplace, you have to put yourself out there. Your name and face are typically available for the world to see. Craigslist is one of the only places I can think of that has everything in one place, no matter where you are. There's a for sale page, discussion forums, gigs, services, jobs available, pretty much anything. Better yet, Craigslist doesn't have banner ads and they don't sell your data either. According to The Conversation, they're unique for having a direct relationship with their users. Facebook makes money off analyzing data, selling ads and things of that nature. Craigslist makes money by charging those who wanna put up job postings and classifieds. They're a massive reason classified ads and newspapers don't make nearly as much money as they used to. Their website is basically the online version of the newspaper now, and they're truly seen as the staple for advertising that the newspaper once was. Over 25 years old now, and the site is still going strong. They've been hailed as representing a democratic version of the internet, a relic from a time when the internet was a radical laboratory for freedom and liberty. To some extent, maybe that's true, and there's certainly a lot to like about this platform. However, there's a lot to be wary of too, because when I say you can buy anything on Craigslist, I do mean anything. Crime that's on the rise, it's called dog flipping. It's when criminals steal someone's pet and then try to sell it online. It happened to one family in Texas who saw their dog listed on Craigslist. You know, back in the day when I first started doing moving business, oh, Craigslist was great. Because one, you got a lot of SEO. They thought they found their dream home to rent after finding it on Craigslist. But once they moved in, things quickly took a turn for the worse. Target 7's John Cardinelli sat down. Hello, and welcome to The Corporate Casket. I'm the Illuminati, and today we're gonna be talking about Craigslist. Now, if you've seen my episode about Backpage, then it's not hard to guess what we might be addressing, how these kinds of anonymous marketplaces can enable criminal activity. But whereas Backpage was mainly focused on sex trafficking and has since been shut down, although I have seen a few comments on that episode now that people are saying it's back, but I haven't checked, but if it's back, it's a little sketchy, but I digress. Craigslist has been the middleman in a huge variety of crimes and it's actually still operating to this day. So let's dive right in and explore how and why this is the case, starting with some of the basic issues, like what's for sale. A while back, one man from New York listed his two infant sons for sale on Craigslist. Another couple said they were quote out of tweak so they would sell their baby for $1,000. A third couple from Vancouver claimed they couldn't afford to take care of their baby so they made an ad to get rid of her. And I do wish I was kidding, but here we are starting off this episode with people selling infant children. It's not as if this was a brief problem that Craigslist has solved either. One Business Insider article I found discussing this was published in 2010. Then all the way in 2019, one of these ads sparked an investigation. Apparently a Florida couple said they'd sell their newborn for $500 at the time and offered to quote, give the four-year-old sister for free. Better yet, the poster claimed that they worked for the Department of Children and Families and they didn't wanna be judged for not wanting their kids. The screenshot of said post also said it was five days old in the NBC article, so it was apparently on the website for a bit of time. It's not clear if Craigslist reported this to the authorities or if someone came across the ad and sent the link to the police, I just have no clue. It's also possible that this is some sort of joke, but it's just not a good joke if that's the case. I don't think I have to stress why selling an infant and giving away a four-year-old on the internet is a terrible idea, but it flings open the door to abuse, trafficking, and a whole host of other horrors. Babies are not objects. They're not a car part or some odd smelling couch that you can just ask a stranger 50 bucks for. And it's pretty gross to see them treated this way, joke or not. Unfortunately, babies aren't the only ones being treated like objects unjustifiably. It's supremely easy to find animals, especially puppies for sale on Craigslist. Like seriously, hop onto their site no matter where you are in the US, go to your community pet section and chances are that you'll find puppies for sale. Some may claim that they'll give you a health certificate after you pay a rehoming fee. Other ads may give almost no information whatsoever. So that's totally not suspicious at all, right? While there are some good owners that may utilize Craigslist as a way to try and find a home for their beloved pet that they simply can't care for anymore, there are also quite a few Craigslist breeders out there. And that's also known as irresponsible breeders just selling dogs on Craigslist to make a quick buck with little regard to the animal's health. Frankly, I think pets simply don't belong on the site in the first place. Even if a responsible breeder would sell animals there, which I highly doubt, what about properly vetting the would-be owner? Not only is the source questionable, but these Craigslist pets can be used for dogfights and will frequently end up the victim of severe animal cruelty or neglect. And who would report that? Well, the shady breeder selling these animals for cheap most certainly wouldn't. The owner that uses the innocent animal for dogfighting probably not. Craigslist acts as the middleman, connecting these two individuals together and takes no steps to ensure safety of the animal. While I understand why people love this user run piece of the internet, I think there has to be some kind of limit or some kind of protective steps here. I just think, you know, listing living things like animals or infants is probably not the best move. Like it clearly can and has gone wrong. Change.org petitions have been posted in the past about this, but Craigslist hasn't actually acted. On their site, they list pet sales as prohibited, only allowing rehoming with a small adoption fee. But I failed to see how some of these listings of puppies don't qualify. Craigslist either needs to seriously step up their game and make it harder to list puppies for sale or remove that section of their website. They can't even be trusted to abide by their own rules here. Sick, unvaccinated, younger than advertised puppies are also sold on the site. Meaning that the people that buy these dogs may face extremely pricey vet bills later down the line or worst case scenario, have to deal with one of their new beloved family members dying too soon because of reckless breeders. One couple, the Kennys from California was sued for selling sick puppies on Craigslist. According to the Humane Society, most of the puppies died. When the devastated owners contacted the Kennys, the couples subjected some of the alleged victims to vicious threats and harassment. So is this all Craigslist fault? I mean, sure, the Kennys probably could have gone elsewhere. They may have been able to take advantage of some other excited prospective wannabe dog owners. But Craigslist is the one I see enabling these shady breeders so often that it feels systemic. If they truly cared, then they would take the time to show it, to make more of an effort to remove these types of ads, to abide by their own rule about selling dogs, but they just don't. At least one thing that I can have respect of Backpage for was how they made an effort to report the crimes they saw happening. But for Craigslist, well, in this case, I can't say the same. But speaking of Backpage, we also need to talk about the sex trafficking issues that's occurred on Craigslist too. Please be advised that this next section will discuss sexual abuse and trafficking at length. Back in 2007, a 19 year old woman, Justine Reisdorf, faced charges for recruiting minors into a sex ring. Justine ran the operation from her motel and advertised in the erotic services section of Craigslist, charging $200 roses, the term that they use for dollars, for two hours with one of the girls. And before I can even scratch the surface of how upsetting this is, I have to say that the way it was reported is also disgusting. CBS wrote that, quote, "'Another underage female admitted working for Reisdorf.'" These underage girls are not doing anything wrong. They don't need to admit to what happened to them. They aren't even old enough to consent. So let's make that perfectly clear. Frustratingly, this wasn't some standout or unheard of thing on Craigslist. In 2008, they raised the fee for posting adult services due to pressure from state prosecutors. In 2009, they donated some of that money to charity. And by 2010, they were called the Walmart of online sex trafficking by Andrea Powell from the anti-trafficking group, The Fair Fund. Remember how Backpage gained a lot of attention once Craigslist shut down its adult services section? Well, in the days before Craigslist shut down that area of their site, they were one of the go-to places for sex advertisements. The New York Times reported back in 2010 that the site was expected to bring in about $36 million from its controversial advertisements alone. In more recent articles, they're reported to employ about 50 people, but some articles claim that they've only had about 30 employees in 2010. So in other words, every single employee could have all had seven figure salaries from just those advertisements. As a bit of a sidebar, you may be wondering how these advertisements were even allowed in the first place. Back in 2009, a judge ruled that Craigslist was not responsible for what its users post. And to some extent, yeah, that totally makes sense because a website can't be liable because someone uses it inappropriately. But is that actually what people were doing? Can we really say that anyone on the internet was using it incorrectly when they were posting these advertisements in an erotic services section? I'd argue probably not so much. Like, I'm just gonna be honest here. If I were to go onto Craigslist in like 2009, 2010, whatever, and go to, you know, erotic services, I don't think I'd be going there looking to see if someone has a lawnmower for sale. Like, I'm just saying. Now, this did eventually change as laws did, namely with the Fight Online Sex Trafficking Act, or FOSTA, which opened up digital platforms to serious legal and financial jeopardy for promoting or facilitating prostitution. Personally, I think there's something real funky and upsetting going on when you can afford to make everyone in your company a millionaire just from the sex ads, but you can't actually afford to protect those people on your platform. Craigslist executives have said that they quote, "'Done the best and most responsible job of combating child exploitation and human trafficking.'" But I'm just not really seeing these higher-ups explaining how they do that. Saying it is one thing, but you know, actually doing it or explaining or showing how you do that is another. They have charitable funds that they toss a few hundred thousand dollars or even a couple million at, but their chief executive, James Buckmaster, was pretty tight-lipped about how those funds actually operate. Buckmaster and the other Craigslist executives may say that no one should use Craigslist for criminal purposes, but they didn't seem to make much of an effort to stop it either. It's no wonder their statements seem to ring pretty hollow. Take a listen. Craigslist has not given any indication that they are outraged and disturbed that their site is the primary way children are bought in the country," said Rachel Lloyd, executive director of Girls Educational and Mentoring Services, which provides assistance to sexually exploited and trafficked women. All they have done is made cosmetic changes. Cosmetic changes just aren't enough when the stakes are this high. Hell, even if they were, it certainly didn't change the damage Craigslist had already done. One Washington woman, ML, alleged that the site profited off of her rape and exploitation after she'd been forced into prostitution at 12 years old. Her attorney, Bauer, isn't unknown to this channel either as he filed the infamous lawsuit that shut down Backpage. According to Bauer, Craigslist should be held just as responsible for the proliferation of child sex trafficking as their defunct competitor too. After all, some of the ads that appeared on their site in the adult and erotic sections were suggestive photos of underage victims the outrage shouldn't have had to get this far for them to react. Now, although erotic and adult sections may have been altered, people have essentially just moved those conversations into the personal section. But once this lawsuit emerged and the FOSTA Act was passed, Craigslist did what Backpage had been so determined to avoid. They removed the personal section altogether, permanently changing the landscape of their site. Of course, though you can ban sex ads, you can't ban the demand for them. It's hard to truly know how much this ban helped or if it just helped push these crimes into the shadows without actually affecting the trade. But as you may unfortunately expect, puppy mills and sex trafficking are far from the only two crimes that have been known to flood the Craigslist classifieds. Please know that this next section will mention violence, suicide, and murder. The person-seeking-person sections that once existed on the site were also ripe with opportunities for violence. In the men-seeking-men section in particular, two teenagers, 16-year-old Byron and 18-year-old Jerry killed 67-year-old Donald. Apparently, they used the personals to sexually engage Donald, then extort money from him, threatening to tell police he had sex with a minor. Their plan went awry, according to Inside Edition, and they murdered Donald instead. Another well-known and highly publicized case that spurred on public outcry for change was that of the Craigslist killer. Philip Markoff was known to go through the erotic pages of Craigslist shortly before it was banned back in 2009. In April of that year, an escort named Trisha Leffler was gagged, bound, and robbed at gunpoint by a man answering her Craigslist ad. Jalissa Brisman was found dead in her home, seemingly by the person that booked her for an erotic massage, also through Craigslist. In the third case, an exotic dancer named Cynthia Melton was the victim of an attempted robbery. The same man, Markoff, who was believed by authorities to be responsible for all three cases, but after he was caught and imprisoned, he committed suicide in his cell. But while Markoff's name made headlines as the Craigslist killer, in 2015, there were about 86 murders linked to the site postings. And seriously, it's no wonder that Business Insider says that if the website were a city, it would actually be one of the most dangerous in the US when you consider its statistics. Plus, if you thought 86 deaths were bad, Business Insider has claimed that number is actually well past 100. They get their estimation from the blog, Craigslist Killings, which tracks every single death linked to Craigslist itself. And you know you've fucked up when there's an entire website dedicated to tracking the murders linked to your online marketplace. Killers have even treated the site like it's their playground. Richard Beasley, who went by Jack online, posted to Craigslist that he was looking for someone to watch over his cattle ranch. Unfortunately, there was no cattle ranch. His story was a ruse to lure men in need of work to their deaths. David Polly was shot and killed by Jack, and another man, Scott Davis, had been shot in the arm, but escaped and got help. This wasn't random, but a cruel, calculated act. Beasley asked the men personal questions in their interview to get a better sense of what he could get away with. If a man said they were getting married or had security experience, Jack grew cold and told them that they weren't the best candidate for the job. It's not as if Jack really gained anything from lying to and killing these people. It was just simply a cold, sadistic act. But today's episode isn't about the twisted mind of Richard Beasley, or how he cut Scott Davis's life short far too soon. How does Craigslist enter into all of this? Well, because they're so hands-off in their belief of this democratic internet, they seem to have no steps to verify that anyone is who they claim to be. At other job posting sites, they warn you to be on the lookout for scams. Indeed might request documents to prove a company using their job posting service is legitimate. Upwork is transparent about the status of a client's billing method. ZipRecruiter approves accounts with their trust and safety team. Does that mean that these three sites never have scams on them? Of course not. But it means that at least some sort of verification system exists to prove that a job or person is real. Craigslist's hands-off approach prioritizes direct contact with its users, but clearly ignores their distinct lack of safety. Examples of this are unfortunately abundant. One man, Jason, created a post in which he pretended to be a woman looking for BDSM sex and posted all the answers on his ad on LiveJournal. A phony soccer mom looking for group sex listed her address. One man showed up, but unfortunately, it was not the home of a horny soccer mom, but an 18-year-old woman living there. Horrifically, the man sexually assaulted the 18-year-old anyway. Whether it's Craigslist users claiming to have an expensive item and then robbing the person that shows up at gunpoint or drug dealers selling illicit substances on the platform with potentially questionable sources, you can truly find just about anything on the site. And at the end of the day, you have no idea who you're really meeting. Being anonymous on the internet can be a great thing. It allows people to speak up and ask for advice or help at times when they may not be comfortable turning to those they know in real life. But clearly it can go horribly wrong too. There's a reason Craigslist would be one of the most dangerous cities in the country if it were a real place. While not everyone on Craigslist is a horrible person, dangerous people will gravitate towards anonymity and these kinds of direct connections. Their site makes finding victims easy and they know it. Before we continue on to take a look at how Craigslist has changed and if this changes enough, we're gonna take a quick moment to thank today's sponsors. Mint Mobile offers premium wireless starting at just 15 bucks a month. And now drum roll for the plot twist, please. Well, there just isn't one. Seriously, Mint Mobile just has premium wireless from 15 bucks a month. There's no trapping you into a two-year contract or opening the bill to find all sorts of crazy fees. And there's no luring you in with free subscriptions for streaming services that you forget to cancel and then they just charge you full price for. There's literally none of that. I once had a phone company tried to charge me a Colorado fee for like $10 and I didn't notice it for about four months on my account. But one day I checked it and said, what the hell is this? I tried to look around and the Colorado like website says nothing about charging extra for cell phones. So I called the company and had that removed. But it was just insane that that even happened. So for anyone who just hates their phone bill, Mint Mobile offers premium wireless at just 15 bucks a month. They give you the best rate whether you're buying for one or a family. And at Mint, families start at just two lines and all plans are gonna come with unlimited talk and text and high-speed data delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. So get premium wireless from just 15 bucks a month and no unexpected plot twists at mintmobile.com casket. That's mintmobile.com casket. Seriously, you're gonna make your wallet very happy at mintmobile.com casket. Changing seasons means changing tastes. And with 30 or more weekly recipes to choose from, HelloFresh has a little something for everyone. Easily customize your meals by swapping proteins or sides, upgrading to choice of proteins or adding protein to a veggie meal. HelloFresh is now offering vegan recipes on the menu every week, made without animal products of any kind, like dairy, meat, eggs, or even honey. Enjoy meals like sweet chili tofu bowls or spicy coconut curry stir fry. Or like I mentioned, last week I tried Messy Janes, which is their plant-based version of Sloppy Joes. And the name is goofy and cute and I love it, but it was also really delicious. So just letting you know, I'm not a Sloppy Joe person, but apparently I'm a Messy Jane girl. Plus with HelloFresh, ingredients travel from the farm to your doorstep in less than seven days. So you know they're fresh. Plus pre-portioned ingredients make cooking a snap and cut down on food waste. So, if you're ready to get cooking, make sure you go to HelloFresh.com slash casket65 and use code CASKET65 for 65% off plus free shipping. Again, that's HelloFresh.com slash casket65 and use code CASKET65 for 65% off plus free shipping. Okay, VCs and bankers at that point told me I should do the usual Silicon Valley thing and make some uh, billions. But- no one really needs billions of dollars except to give away. The rest of the so history, you, have no, you have no regrets about not doing the whole VC thing. No, I've no regrets not doing my own uh, IPO. I plan to give away a great deal more money to a charity. I've already committed.: When Craigslist founder Craig Newmark is confronted with brutal truths, his reaction is, and there are no other words for it, hilariously pathetic and troubling. For example. In the midst of the sex trafficking controversies and scandals occurring on the site, CNN reporter Amber Lyon showed Newmark some of the ads featured on his website. And what did Craig himself say? Have you reported this to us? Like, dude, my dude, my guy, this is your fucking website. What do you mean have they reported it to you? This is your site. You're supposed to know this shit about your site. This level of absolute and utter stupidity is so infuriating that I'm almost beyond words, minus a few F-bombs. Now, Lyon confronted him, insisting that Craigslist is the one posting this, and it's not her responsibility to report it. Now, Craig can use the argument that, hey, he's not legally liable for what users post, and that is true. Like, if someone is sending threatening emails through Gmail, it's not as if Gmail is to blame for what they say. Even so, it's the complete and total lack of awareness here that has me more upset than anything else. Now, Craig has been praised for being philanthropic in the past. He's donated about $50 million to the Cyber Civil Defense Initiative to protect Americans from cybersecurity threats. He's also a staunch defender of democracy. And while that's all well and good, I find it wildly hypocritical that Craig cares so much about people in front of the cameras, but implies that it's up to reporters to report his website to him. Craigslist is estimated to make about a billion dollars a year, and that's at least as of 2018, all while having less than 100 employees, might I add. There is no monetary reason for why they can't put more protections in place, making it seem like they just don't care enough to do so. And honestly, for this portion of the episode, I expected to talk about the changes Craigslist would make and why they weren't enough. Yet from what I've seen, and unfortunately what I can report, They've made so few alterations that there's almost nothing to actually discuss in regards to any safety or security upgrades. Like you can't blatantly advertise sex work there now, but that's really like all they did. Maybe it's you know charming how they look like a piece of the old internet, but the charm just really isn't worth the absence of any vetting to me. Plus, despite their inaction around violent acts and criminals misusing their platform, Craigslist has seemed to be more willing to act against spammers. In 2019, they introduced their $5 posting fee to their car listing page. And while this might look like a case of the company wanting money and plenty of articles did see it that way, blogger Jonas Muthani states that he doesn't believe that that's the reason. Instead, it might ward off spammers and cheaters since it gives them something to lose when they continuously make scam posts. And with a credit card number attached to these posts, it gives people something to trace too. Now that's not to say that spam protection is definitely what Craigslist was trying to defend against here but between checking for duplicate submissions and excessive posts from a single IP address, it certainly seems like they care about spam more than they do safety. Unfortunately, that's not really saying much either. One study from NYU Tandon School of Engineering claimed to find 29,000 fraudulent listings in 20 American cities in just a five month period. And this was out of 2 million listings. So at first glance, 1.5% for a scam rate or so doesn't sound very high. However, Craigslist only flagged less than half of them as suspicious. And so that's not really a great success rate. And that percentage would vary wildly depending on which portion of the site you were using too. One common scam they identified was clone listings or rentals from other websites offered at a cheaper price. The Tandon team found that many of these scammers were located in Nigeria. Quote, they put up the ads and then request rent deposits via wire transfers from the people responding to the posts. Beware of postings advertising realtor services when you're asked to pay an upfront fee and a monthly membership. Between the serious lack of vetting and the sheer number of scams on their platform, it's really no wonder that alternatives have becoming more and more popular. Why trust a stranger you really don't know from Craigslist to babysit your kids? Which that was a thing, by the way, too. Instead, care.com specializes in home-based help and you can check to see if someone has a background check done. So, you know, the person you hired is actually the one showing up to your door. If you're really dying for some strange used items, you can still go to eBay. They've got everything imaginable too. Now, truthfully, maybe there is no grumpy fish named Neil, but if you're really desperate for a used couch with a funky order, you're sure to find something. As for the realtor and renting side of things, there's Zillow, Trulia, apartments.com, and plenty more. Again, this doesn't mean that these websites won't have their own issues, not at all. But personally, I'd rather end up with a questionable item on eBay than run the risk that you do on Craigslist. Given the endless amount of alternatives, some argue that Craigslist has become obsolete. One Harvard Business article states that the site's obstacle to growth comes from how they value customers over monetization, meaning they value consistency over innovation. I don't entirely disagree, but let me phrase it a different way. Craigslist has become so set in its ways, so determined to remain unchanging that they don't offer the safety other sites can. They tried to be everything and connect everyone, and perhaps they did to some extent, but I'm not so sure that's for the best either. With all of that being said, that's where I'm going to end today's episode of The Corporate Casket. I hope you learned something new here today. And if you did, make sure that you're liking, following, and subscribing. And if you're listening on YouTube, make sure to click that notification bell icon so you can be notified every time there's a new episode. Thank you so much for hanging out to the end of today's episode. It really does mean a lot. And again, I hope you learned something new and I look forward to seeing you in the next one. Bye.